Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Talking about aeroplanes, we are definitely, definitely seeing a lot more of these stories. Now, I don't know if it's just something that the press is picking up on and reporting, but more and more we are seeing stories of people on on flights that have been hurt, hospitalized, planes dropping, I don't know how many thousand feet. Uh, the flights all land safely, which I think is, is, is very significant in terms of these stories, but yet people have been hurt. Eight aboard a Florida-bound jet blew a flight hospitalized after plane hits severe turbulence. So my question, I guess, is are we seeing are, are, are these occurrence, occurrences happening more frequently? Are we just reporting them, seeing more reports of them? And, of course, what do we do about it? Desmond Latham is an aviation expert. Desmond, a very good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm fine. How are you, Howard? Thanks for having me, and good morning to all the listeners. So, so the question is this, is we're definitely seeing a lot more of these stories in the press. Does that mean that it's happening more frequently? Yes, it is happening more frequently. I mean, it's a return from COVID again with the number of flights, and it's just purely mathematical. But also... The extreme events are increasing, and there's a lot of push and pull around this, but um, if you track all the, the, the data around this, the number of uh, events has increased, and it's not just linked to the you know the, the more regular flights going on, but there's more violence in, in and more turbulence experienced by flights linked to the increased power in the atmosphere. There are a lot of arguments about this climate change story, and the point that uh, IART actually has announced that is a increase in in the incidence of these events, and that's the um, as with hurricanes and other events that are increasing worldwide, the, the power in these events is, is actually going up, so it's becoming more extreme. So that is a real concern. I was hoping you were going to say, "Nah, it's all it's all just the press making a bigger issue of it." But clearly, it is happening more. Uh, can we just talk about before we talk about our own safety on board the how well are these planes designed to deal with these levels of severe turbulence? I mean, they go nowhere near the stress uh, the planes can take. So just get, let's get that out of the way first. So it has to be a succession of extreme events before the plane starts becoming damaged. And that normally is um, way over the top of the uh, never exceed speed, it's called, um, as well as maneuvers. So... Um, what you experience, even in violent, what they call extreme turbulence, mm-hmm. um, is, is still nowhere near what the plane is actually designed to take. The wing spars are the most important thing we, we bother about, and also the surfaces that become damaged. And um, so that's the one positive. Uh, that changes quite a lot if the pilots make a mistake and fly into a major thunderstorm where you have uh, where these um, these factors are reached quite quickly. But uh, planes have radar on they fly around the storm. So even when you're feeling that most extreme version of, of turbulence, and I've been in quite a lot of it, um, flying around the world, the, you, I'm aware that the plane can actually take quite a lot of battery. What happens is that the, eventually you'll feel some flats as the crew change altitude so um, and sometimes direction. So you'll feel the plane actually rises a little or, or drops a little, and they, yeah, there's only a certain... Um, 
there's, there's an element of, of risk in that because they, in, in busy airspace, they can't do much about mm, it. Mm. Um, and there are all sorts of rules and regulations about how quickly they drive through. But just to let everyone know that these planes are designed with um, to take the battering of extreme turbulence, but only um, through a period. They can't go hours and hours taking that the kind of shaking extreme shaking and that's where air crew have to take action they have to drop or they have to change that change direction that's good to get out of the cloud or something so south africa of course and Gauteng during the summer months uh, we do experience thunderstorms and uh, this is obviously something that that many of us experience when we particularly when you're flying into johannesburg in the late afternoon um, during the summer how much leeway do do our pilots and uh, do they have to maneuver around some of these storms Well, there's two elements there. One is ground radar and the other is radar on plane. There's weather warnings on planes. And even the light planes I fly have weather warnings. So, and they spot uh, parts of the cloud that are the most dangerous and you, and you skirt around them. So most um, cells of thunderstorms are, are a couple of kilometers wide. And thunderstorms can travel up to 80 kilometers an hour in, in a direction. Normally in the half of it's northeastly from the southwest. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you aim behind the, the, behind the storm. And behind the storm, it's very, very stable. Because the power has been blasted out of the air by the thunderstorm, so it's actually behind the storm. Um, but in front of it, it's extremely dangerous. So you, you stay well away from the leading edge, and that's what's caused the trouble with a lot of international flights, is that we use the jet stream. If you fly, the jet stream has a similar thing. It's like a giant wave. Mm. And in front of that wave and around the sides of it, the air is extremely turbulent. When you're in the stream... It's generally stable at a certain speed. Uh, you do get wind shear there, but it generally is. But on the edges of it um, is extreme where when you enter the jet stream, that's a very dangerous moment. So a lot of people flying into the U.S. experience this from South Africa. As you come close to the U.S. mainland, you suddenly hit turbulence because the jet stream, you're approaching the jet stream. And um, that is, is experience. I've had it flying to the U.S. a number of times. I've had the one case where the plane dropped 2,000 feet mm. after striking the jet stream, and that mm. woke everyone up screaming. Um, and and uh, it does get your attention. But I'm aware <laughs> of, of what's causing it. So I think for me, and if you know what's going on, you, you're less liable to um, panic. But it, there, so around the thunderstorms of Hannesburg, pilots have the, the, the center of the thunderstorm in view. They can see it on their radar, and they fly behind it or around it. Yes. And you will feel, you yes, feel okay. nothing like as if flying through the storm. Right. Yes, yeah, so no, no one flies through the storm. No Boeing or Airbus can take that kind of um, violence in the center of a major thunderstorm. We, we, we skirt it. Right. And in terms of, of safety on board, I mean, the, you know, I've been, I've long ignored the, the, um, request to keep your seatbelt fastened while you're seated. Clearly, that's not such a smart thing to do. No, it's not. Not only, not only that, but you should really, not only fasten the seatbelt, you should make it, you should tighten it slightly, not make it too loose. I mean, when we climb in the front to fly these things, the first thing you do is you put your seatbelt on. There's a reason. No pilot, they'll lose their license. If you fly without your, your seatbelt on, you're basically an idiot. So, uh, and you'll lose your license because you kind of control anything when you're flying around, and it's going to happen. So I just, I mean, as a pilot, I, first thing I do when I get on board is I, is I put my um, seatbelt on and I leave it on. 
the entire trip. I fly internationally a lot. I'm in, I'm in Sydney now talking to you. Right. I put the seatbelt on and I tighten. I've seen people fly around in the air because they're, they're playing fast and loose with this. You're going at six to 800 kilometers an hour, sometimes over 1,000 kilometers an hour if you take um, the speed of the air, ground speed. The physics involved here. If you're going to change direction a thousand feet, yeah, you're going to keep speed, going. You're going to hit the roof. Break. Absolutely it's correct, and you'll break your neck. So um, this is not. I mean, even in a car, it's crazy. I heard Michael Schumacher years ago say, "People said, oh, do you put your seatbelt when when you drive your car around town?" He said, "The first thing he does is put a seatbelt on. He's surrounded by amateurs." Absolutely. So I realized. I mean, some decades ago, that it's actually quite stupid not to put your seatbelt on because. It's not being macho. You're just being an idiot. So sorry to say this, but no. I'm not calling you one. No, no, you can. I've, been, I've been called a lot worse by a lot greater, never, so you don't ever, need to worry. As soon as, as soon as that plane starts moving, you put that seatbelt on, and when it stops, you take it off. When you get up to go to the toilet, you're basically playing Russian roulette. Wow, so, wow, and, wow. And it's stable most it's, well, it's stable most of the time. Yes, yes, so of course. Why, but I think it's important. They, I think these guys... Yeah. Yes, that's why they come through so fast with the food. They don't muck it out. The trolley pushes. The, the cabin crew don't mess around. Have you noticed how fast they move these? Yeah. Things? They're yeah. not doing it because they're trying to get the end of some speed. They're trying to get. They're trying to get to a place where they can put a seatbelt on in case something happens. Um, they know what I know. Um, and so they're, they're taking their life in their hands every time they push their thing around the plane. The longer the trip, the worse it gets for these guys. So. Give them some respect and put your seatbelt on. Absolutely <laughs> right. I've been schooled by Desmond Latham. Thank you for that, aviation expert, talking to us about some of these incidents. Absolutely eye-opening discussion. Thank you for that. It is 7 o'clock. I'm Howard Feldman. Good morning.